1340 KDLM, the station you can count on. Welcome to the KDLM Sports Wrap on a football Friday here on The Wrap. Lakers getting ready to travel to Purim to take on the Yellow Jackets tonight. 6.30 pregame show, 7 o'clock kickoff from Purim. Bad news, uh, folks expecting to see John Malay at the game tonight. He's not going <laughs> to... He had a, a, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity down in the cities to see his beloved Moorhead Spuds play again. They're playing... Uh, who are they playing? Rogers or something tonight down there. So John's actually taking a double header down in the cities, uh, but he sends his apologies. He's trying. He's going to try and get to Detroit Lakes versus Perm next year for the battle for the paddle. Seven o'clock kickoff. We're going to run through some uh, some football uh, scores from yesterday as well as the schedule for tonight, including two games that have been uh, canceled due to COVID nineteen. One of which is going to affect affect the Lakers next week. Charlie sat down with head coach Josh Omang earlier this morning. We'll play a little bit of that uh, that interview, give you a taste on a preview for Lakers versus Jackets tonight. Uh, Thursday night football, Teddy Bridgewater looked good, but the Atlanta Falcons hanging on and some baseball news as well. Some managerial news surrounding a couple uh, division rivals, namely the Chicago White Sox and the Detroit Tigers. Let's rewind the last 24 hours in sports quick here. Rewind time. Let's start with professional sports. Thursday night football, Falcons versus Panthers, and Falcons tried their hardest to give this one away again. But Atlanta beating Carolina 25-17 in Charlotte. Todd Gurley uh, rushed for a touchdown for Atlanta last night. Falcons improved to 2-6 on the win. Teddy Bridgewater threw a game-sealing pick late for the Panthers, who now fall to 3-5. and five. We're talking to K-Train yesterday. Panthers uh, more than excited to po- potentially get Christian McCaffrey back Next week, Matt Ryan throwing for 281 yards, ran for a touchdown, 25-17 Atlanta over the Carolina Panthers. To college football, huge news uh, for the presumptive number one overall pick in the upcoming draft. The whole hashtag tank for Trevor, Clemson Tigers quarterback Trevor Lawrence, and the Heisman frontrunner, of course. Latest athlete to test positive for COVID-19 as head coach at Clemson, Dabo Sweeney, Announced with Lawrence's permission that the signal caller has tested positive for the virus. Also added that Lawrence is in isolation with mild symptoms. Top-ranked undefeated Tigers schedule host Boston College on Saturday. And looking ahead to next weekend, number one Clemson set to do battle with number four Notre Dame. And Lawrence's status not going to be known for that game, probably up until game time. Back to the NFL, jumping around a bit. Patriots wide receiver Julian Edelman underwent knee surgery. Not expected to be season-ending. He's been hampered by that knee all year. Patriots are 2-4 and four and will visit Buffalo this Sunday. Another COVID-positive team in the NFL is the LA Chargers, canceling practice yesterday after a, po- a player tested positive for COVID-19. The team did not disclose which player, but ESPN reporting earlier that it was offensive lineman Ryan Groy. Head coach Anthony Lenz says they've been gone, they've begun contact tracing and feel good about it not spreading further. Chargers also 2-4 in the season. They're scheduled to visit the Denver Broncos on Sunday. In the Major League Baseball world, specifically in the, the Twins division, AL Central, two big names getting... Uh, one getting relieved from his duties and one saying enough is enough. That being Rick Renteria of the Chicago White Sox, fired, and Ron Gardenhire, retiring as manager of the Detroit Tigers. So two openings that were previously unfilled. One has been filled and the other is expected to get filled today. The first one that, that everyone was talking about, the Chicago White Sox hiring 
Hall of Fame manager Tony LaRussa, beginning where it all started in 1979. LaRussa, now the manager of the Chicago White Sox. The 75 year old LaRussa held the position with the Sox from 79 to 86. Went on to manage the Athletics and most recently the St. Louis Cardinals from 96 to 2001. The White Sox made the playoffs this last season. Expected to be on the up and up. And I I, I found this tweet last night. And it, it, it's a perfect example of how long it's been since Tony La Russa has managed in the major leagues. This was the Twins lineup the last time that La Russa managed back in 2011. Ben Revere led off that game in center field. Trevor Plouffe was playing shortstop for the Twins. Michael Kadire batted third. He was in right field. Chris Parmalee was the cleanup man at first. Danny Valencia at third base. The designated hitter that night, a guy I had completely forgotten about, Renee Tassoni, the DH for the Twins. Brian Dinkelman was at second. Joe Benson, former super prospect Joe Benson in left field. Drew Butera at catcher. Carl Pavano was on the hill for the Twins. Of everybody on that list, the only one still playing professional baseball is Drew Butera. Another fun fact, if you look at the the St. Louis Cardinals lineup that night, <laughs> or not that night, the last time that Larusa managed, Ryan Terrio was at second base. He's on a baseball. Alan Craig, he's on a baseball. Albert Pujols, who's now 40 years old. Lance Berkman. Freeze, Molina is still playing at 38 for Call and Schumacher. All of those guys out of baseball except for two and uh, likely not going to be in baseball for much longer. I, I don't understand the La Russa hire. I know that the White Sox wanted somebody with playoff experience. And looking at what was out there, it was La Russa, it was Hinch, and it was Cora. Two of those guys in cheating scandals over the past season or two. And LaRussa, kind of a, an older-style manager where he's not going to look at the analytics as much. And I just don't know how it's going to mesh with some of his younger players right now. Like, you look at the Twins and Rocco Baldelli. Yeah, he's he's younger than some of the guys on his team. Nelson Cruz, uh, Serge Roma before they, they, they released him yesterday. But Larusa is older than some of these players' grandparents. It'll be interesting to see if it all works. Uh, it's worth a roll of the dice, I guess. Maybe as as a one year band aid, and then you move somewhere else in a year or so. Uh, as a guy who who hates the White Sox, you know, I hope it doesn't work out. But we'll see. The other manager position, Tigers finalizing a deal with the guy we just mentioned, AJ Hinch. Reportedly close to being at the helm of the Detroit Tigers, according to multiple reports, finalizing a deal to make him the club's next manager. Hinch, of course, out of a job this last year after being fired by the Houston Astros in the wake of their sign-stealing scandal. The former manager, along with former Red Sox manager Alex Cora, served suspensions last year. Detroit is searching for a manager after Ron Gardenhire retired in September. And if there's any, any due justice for A.J. Hinch... It would be managing uh, a terrible Detroit Tigers team for the next handful of years. Bonus number three, high school football. Looking through the schedule, one game last night 
with the Pelican Rapids Vikings beating up the Wadena Deer Creek Wolverines in Moorhead, 54 to 20. Things not going well for Wadena Deer Creek since blowing that 20 point lead against Frazee last week. Games today and this afternoon, Long Prairie Great Eagle taking on Osakis in Alexandria at 2 o'clock. Frazee uh, playing New York Mills in Moorhead tonight at 4 o'clock. You've got Pequot Lakes traveling to Fergus Falls. That game's at 6. Pillager versus Crookston. Staples Motley making the trip up to Roseau to take on the Rams tonight. Underwood at Ada Borup. Of course, Detroit Lakes and Purim. A 6.30 pregame show. 7 o'clock kickoff from Purim tonight here on KDLM. Barnesville and West Central area Ashby. Hutchinson taking on Lakers rival Wilmer tonight in 8 for a Hutchinson, uh, a top five team in the state. Wilmer uh, had a, a a kind of a disappointing season last year. Had a, a kind of disappointing loss to the Ricori Spartans last week, in which the, the Cardinals were in control most of that game, and the, the, the Spartans sniped them right at the end. Bemidji and Brainerd, the battle for the bell tonight, happening in Brainerd at 7 o'clock. Moorhead taking on Rogers. That's the game that John Millay is going to be at tonight, instead of Detroit Lakes and Perth. But we still love John, one of the hardest-working guys in media. Park Christian versus Norman County East Dillon hit it all tonight. Becker taking on Ricori. Lake Park Ottoman versus Polk County West. That game is in East Grand Forks tonight. And Bertha Hewitt taking on the Verndale Pirates in nine-man action. Two games have been canceled tonight. East Grand Forks versus DGF. DGF has a COVID case on their football team. And news breaking last night that uh, a COVID case in the Holly Nuggets locker room is going to cancel their game against Breckenridge Tonight, that game was supposed to be played in Moorhead. So no East Grand Forks and DGF tonight. No Holly and Breckenridge tonight. And what makes the DGF uh, cancellation so important is they've also canceled next week's game, which was scheduled to be played here at Moberg Field against the Lakers. So Perm tonight, then a week off for the Laker football team, and then a Wednesday night game in Pequot Lakes against the Patriots to close out the 2020 regular season. Charlie had a, t- a chance to talk to head coach Josh Omang, a, a, a bit of a preview for the postgame show tonight. And the Lakers' defense this season has looked really, really, really good. They've only given up seven points all year, and those seven points came on a 70-yard touchdown run in East Grand Forks a couple weeks ago. Charlie and Josh talk about the Lakers' defense. They have to be proud of of the defense, uh, special teams, you know, offense still uh, getting there. As you talked about, it's it's tough without having that summer practice to really, you know, build those connections, which is such a huge part of, of any successful offense. Anything, you know, even beyond X's and O's that stands out to you as maybe something that you're most proud of with, with this football team of 2020-21? Well, yeah, I mean, I think we, I, we, I am proud of just the way that we can adapt to things and that, you know, that has not really affected us, whether it's a scheduling thing, the weather, <laughs> you know, I'm sure you've heard that we don't have a game next week against DGF, you know, we're just, uh, these guys are resilient when it comes to that and, you know, that's what, we, you know, we do preach that a lot too, but man, they really had to actually utilize it, you know, in a, a bunch of times within the season instead of, you know, the old, well, you know, we want you to be resilient or we want you to have these qualities. You might need them someday, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we literally need these every day. And, um, you know, that so that part has been really good, especially just the way, like, you know, we haven't had any any negative stuff on that and we just have came and went to work every day, so that has been good.
Lakers versus Yellow Jackets tonight on KDLM. 6.30 pregame show, 7 o'clock kickoff. The battle for the paddle on KDLM tonight. Coming up next on the Sports Wrap, talking to Joe Johnson from VikingsTerritory.com, previewing Packers versus Vikings and uh, why I don't think it's going to be a bloodbath on Sunday. Details next on KDLM. I'm Colleen Wolf with NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. In Charlotte, the Falcons and Panthers kicked off Week 8 on Thursday Night Football, trailing by 8 late in the fourth quarter. Panthers driving for the tie, and Teddy Bridgewater is intercepted by Bleedy Ray Wilson. So the Falcons escape the Panthers with a 25-17 win. In New England, Julian Edelman is out Sunday against the Bills. The Patriots wide receiver recently underwent surgery on his knee. Edelman has 315 yards receiving and no touchdowns this season. Some good receiver news in New Orleans. Michael Thomas returned to practice for the Saints in a limited capacity Thursday. Thomas suffered a high ankle sprain in week one and has not played since. The Chargers canceled practice Thursday after a player tested positive for COVID-19. Head coach Anthony Lynn said the team hasn't heard anything from the league office about postponing Sunday's game against the Broncos. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm with the University of Minnesota football team in College Park, Maryland. As the Gophers get ready for tonight's game, they're also continuing their fight against racism. Senior defensive back Coney Durr was the leading force behind starting the educational program called Here Within the Team. We talked about like what, what, what helped and how could our platform change things. So we just talked about like educating people on, you know, past racism and how African-Americans are put in those situations that they were, that how, how African-Americans are in the situation that they are in today. So just uh, having those conversations with guys that may not understand or may not have been taught those experiences or having experienced that. And we also um, having guys on the team talk about their experiences. So like, you know, we, we're a pretty close team and everybody is different from hearing something on TV than hearing it from a brother you're around every day. So just getting those guys up to speed about just educating them about, what's really going on in America and why certain things are happening. So it's been a blessing. Um, I really, I really respect Coach Fleck for allowing us to, you know, share our, our experiences and just have that com- the uncomfortable conversations with everybody. And I definitely feel like we've been progressing and a lot of guys on the team have been learning from those here talks. That's Coney Durr, and that's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. With the Gopher football team on the University of Maryland campus, I'm Mike Grimm. Thirteen forty, Katie Lem, the station you can count on. Welcome back to the Sports Wrap. Laker football tonight on KDLM. Six thirty pregame show, seven o'clock kickoff. Battle for the paddle, and that may be the best football game we're going to have on KDLM this weekend because Sunday, Vikings versus Packers, and a lot of question marks surrounding this Vikings team. You thought there were question marks against Atlanta two weeks ago. Now rolling into Lambeau Field with a, a ton of injuries. We're joined on the phone now by. Joe Johnson of VikingsTerritory.com. Joe, kind enough to join us every Friday here on KDLM. Joe, how are you doing today, man? Uh, I'm doing all right. I, I like you know, the I like I, the pause where you had to think about it. <laughs> you had to think about it. Oh, I, I was trying to think of what stage of uh, grief I'm in about the Vikings. If it's yeah. denial or anger or just acceptance, maybe. Yeah, acceptance. Yeah, I'm yeah. In there. yeah, acceptance may be the the stage that we're in because a week that we expected to see a bunch more trades uh, of some veterans on this team, guys like Riley Reef and Kyle Rudolph, 
and they just, just haven't materialized. Are you surprised that uh, Ngakwe, the only guy that's been moved up to this point? Yeah. I mean, to be completely honest with you, I am. Um, I guess we'll see what happens uh, with the deadline being on third. Uh, I would like to think that they're doing their due diligence and they're going to make moves um, to move guys out, not to bring guys in. Uh Um, But that they're just fielding the best offers, I think maybe. I I still heard a lot about what happened with Ngakwe. Um, You know, there's some speculation that he may, his agent or he may have said Mm -hmm. something to just trade him and essentially lose, what, 30, 40 draft spots from the second to the third. Mm -hmm. But there was some backlash in Vikings media and from the fans with that move. And I'm not the Vikings are the best at paying attention or if they make moves based on that, but it would make more sense for them to build the best offers possible for the remainder of the guys on their team, especially when it comes to guys like, you know, Harrison Smith or I don't even want to say this because I know what radio station I'm on, but Adam Thielen. <laughs> We've talked about it too. Yeah. The Thielen to Cleveland Browns rumors are circulating. We're, we're well aware of those. Yeah. 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 And I really don't think that's realistic. I've been trying to track down where that came from, if it's valid, if it's speculation. A lot of it boils down to some guy from Cleveland on Twitter named Yacht who has a lot of followers and who every day – his reputation essentially is that he just throws out things as if he has a source, and then if one sticks, he looks right. He's one of those Twitter-type oh, guys. Yeah, He's yeah. like in a – in a band, he's not like an accredited uh, media member. Yeah, so just a wishful thinker. Yeah, that, yeah. That the Browns want to give you know, a second and a fourth, and then there's people here locally that are like, "Well, trade Thielen, but do it for a first. You're not going to get a first for him." But Cleveland has a ton of money tied up in the wide receivers. I can't imagine they bring in the second most expensive Viking player from this season there um with Odell Beckham Jr.'s contract that have like thirty five million dollars tied up in their wide receivers next season. Depending yeah. on what happens with uh, Beckham Jr. Which is good. I I I I I'm on the fan I'm I don't think we should trade Harrison Smith because he I, the way I look at it, he is thirty one, but getting the way I'm breaking this down is style of play. Can these guys keep it up for the next couple seasons? I would argue that Thielen, even though he's a late bloomer and I think a lot of people think he's younger than he is just because of the trajectory it took him to get into the league. He, he plays a style of football that isn't going to get precipitately, precipitously worse uh, as he gets older. He's not like Randy Moss, like a speed guy. He's a technique guy, kind of a possession receiver, like a Neil possession receiver. So I could see Thielen being like a Jerry Rice that's still good when he's 39 years old, assuming he wants to play that long. Harrison Smith is a similar uh, guy. You haven't seen any drop-off in his play. Um, and, and there's a difference between a rebuild and completely just destroying your team. And I think that the, the, the Vikings are making those determinations right now, and they're looking at uh, trade a return and if it even makes sense. Because NFL trades are still pretty much garbage when it comes to getting what you get in return for established stars. So um, I am surprised we haven't heard anything about Riley Reef, uh, Kyle Rudolph, or the, the main two that I'm looking at as guys that. That won't be here after the third. Um, but I think it's a good sign that we haven't heard anything because uh, Spielman's probably kicking the tires on a few offers and, and leveraging them as we speak. 
I'm looking at the injury report for uh, the game on Sunday against Green Bay, 11 o'clock pregame, noon kickoff here on KDLM. Uh, a lot of defensive backs, Holden Hill, Mike Hughes, Chris Boyd, either did not practice yesterday, uh, Boyd was limited in practice yesterday, Hill with a foot injury, Hughes with a neck concern, Chris Boyd with a hamstring and a back injury. Those are the top three cornerbacks for the Vikings heading into Lambeau to take on Eric Rodgers, who's turned back the clock six years, it seems like. Yep. Uh, and Dantzler is out. Uh, he's on the, the COVID restriction list one. that the NFL yeah, updated to be uh, like a five-day thing instead of, I think it was three days before that. Um, we saw what happened week one when A, Rodgers had time, and B, well, A, had time, B, had a chip on his shoulder because of Jordan Love, and C, there um, wasn't going up against a lot of young, inexperienced guys. Um, it was nightmare, and, and Rodgers is having an, uh, an amazing season. I mean, not that his Hall of Fame credentials needed to be reaffirmed or anything, but mm-hmm. a lot of the talk of his demise uh, clearly either was circumstantial or he, you know, is, is just playing with a because uh, there, there were clear signs that he was not the same guy. I mean, he was holding on to the ball too long. He was too pensive. He, just, he wasn't doing a lot of the same things. Um, but the fact that he's going up against a Vikings team now that without Ngakwe, not that Ngakwe did much in the first week of the, of the season, um, and a bunch of guys who I, disclosure, and I do this 16 hours of every single day, and then the other eight are me having nightmares about the future of the Vikings franchise. Uh, you know, they've, they've added Mark Field, Chris Jones, who some people might know. He played for the Lions. Um, uh, Marcus Sales, the guy that was on our practice squad over the summer. Um, Zimmer's quote on those guys essentially was, we don't know if they can play, but I guess we'll find out. So yeah, I guess we I guess we will, but it could be rough, but at the same time, time the Packers on um, this week didn't even have a practice I think it was yesterday or the day before they didn't walk because uh 35 percent of their roster 19 guys are on injury report uh from one uh level of severity to the other Aaron Jones won't play for the uh, from what it's looking like um Jamal Williams will be playing which I'm sure a lot of guys who picked him up off the waiver wire in their fantasy leagues will be happy about um but uh the, the good news I guess is uh Dalvin Cook it even though he's been limited in practice, <clears throat> it looks like he's going to be a go on Sunday. So it'll be a, f- a few fun things to watch on at least one side of the ball for the Vikings, and, and uh, that's really all that we can do right now, I guess, which is a very depressing prospect. Yeah, I'm looking at the Packers injury report. If, 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 if it makes you feel better, Mason Crosby, their kicker, uh, dealing with a calf injury. He didn't uh, practice. Aaron Jones, like you mentioned. Uh, David Bakhtiari, Pro Bowl defensive lineman. You've got... Uh, uh, Rashawn Gary on there, former Gopher Kamal Martin on the uh, the injury list as well. Preston Smith, Sedarius Smith. So maybe there. So you're saying there's a chance? I think is the the, the quote when it comes to to injury reports. When you have 17 guys down, I, I don't think it'll matter because Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers, and the Vikings missing four of their top, however many defensive backs. It could be a high scoring game, uh, mainly for for the Packers. Let's look at the at, at the Vikings offense against Green Bay. Uh, one of the the, the bright spots has been Justin Jefferson and the way that he has, has broken out these last handful of weeks. Uh, the number one rookie receiver uh, with, with, with PFF grade. Jefferson, uh, you, could, you could say that he kind of has a chip on his shoulder as well because he was linked to the Green Bay Packers in the draft uh, a lot. Aaron Rodgers loved this kid. 
Uh, and then the Vikings, you could say, sniped him from the Packers on draft night. Yeah, and I've seen um, articles out this week uh, from Packers media saying that the Packers are going to regret not moving up to take him um, for the next, you know, in 15 years, uh, assuming how long he plays and how long he plays for Minnesota. Um, he's, yeah, I mean, I, I've said this on your show before. I've, I, I, a very anti-Justin Jefferson. I didn't like the pick uh, at all. I'm not a huge uh, college football guy, so, um, you know, I'm more of a Big Ten bobo. I, I've seen what Spielman has done with first and second round picks at the wide receiver position. They all seem to be from the SEC for some reason, and none of them up until Jefferson um, made it past their rookie deals with the team. So, you know, they, they took a guy in Treadwell who I thought was a one-trick pony. Who's one trick wouldn't work in the NFL because mm-hmm. he was too slow and not strong enough. Um, Jefferson, I thought, had a lot of similar um, one-trick pony aspects to what he did just as a slot guy who had done the best you know, uh, offense in college history. Um, so I've gotten a whole campaign of apologies about Justin Jefferson because he's been astounding, done everything right. He, he, he reminds me of Randy Moss in a lot of ways, just in, in how polished he is and how many different things he does very, very well. Um, I think the biggest thing holding him back in the first couple of weeks was the fact that they were playing him primarily at the slot when they moved him to the outside opposite um, or next to Mr. Steelen, he's just been a revelation. I mean, he's, he's honestly, I didn't want to say this, um, kind of bury the, the talking point, but he's, I think, the primary reason outside of uh, him and Steelen and a couple of people hate watching uh, Cousins. The main reason that I'm interested in watching this team right now mm-hmm. um, is it's just been really exciting to watch and it you know i think we've been spoiled at the wide receiver position as vikings fans and to arguably at the at the skill position any skill position on offense adrian peterson or robert smith but um i think that jefferson is part and parcel of really the answer to the question of why bother watching the vikings right now and like I mentioned earlier with Spielman kind of taking stock as to who to keep, what rate of return you should get, um, you know, it, it is fun to go online and, and to vent about the Vikings, but also to kind of about your two cents as to what the team should do. And I think right now we should all be taking stock as to which parts of the team are worth building around and how to, how to do that both in, in terms of um, additional personnel, but maybe uh, in terms of getting a, a different perspective from the head coaching position on this team after the season or mid next season or whenever um, Zimmer ends up getting the ax, which is only a, a matter of time right now, as far as I'm concerned. Do you think if the Vikings get blown out on Sunday, this is it for the Zimmer era in Minnesota? No. Um, should it be? Yes. I mean, I, I, I think that, <sighs> That's a really hard question to answer. I think it it will come up as a little early just based on the fact that they did extend him. And I also think that the number one thing Zimmer has going for him is that 15-player draft, the five DBs that they took, and his um, reputation of, of developing players that he's drafted for his defense. I mean, that's if, if you want to grab one thing that Zimmer's best at, that's what he's been best at. So – I think it was a, a unfortunate set of circumstances that Zimmer came off that 49ers game. They fired George Edwards because that was a signal to Zimmer that 
the status quo wasn't good enough, and then they get that historically big draft, and you kind of are stuck with him for a while to develop those players. There's just no reason to get rid of him. So they had to extend him, in my mind, even though I didn't think they should. I didn't think he'd earned an extension. I mean, there's been, what, like four or five coaches that have the Super Bowl with the team they coached after the first five seasons. Zimmer's not that guy. Cousins has this a reputation of being this guy who who is good when it doesn't matter, who you know never comes through when it matters or puts the team on his back. I would argue Zimmer's the exact same thing. He's been outclassed in every big game he's, he's coached in for the most part. And so um, I think that his time is, is done here. I really do. Um, I don't think there's a whole lot that could turn it around at this point. I mean, the cap's messed up. Um, you know, they're bleeding players. It's going to take a while for these corners to get, you know, they're going to be bad next year and he'll be fired by them either way. Um, but I do think there's value in retaining him to at least get them to somewhat to their full potential before someone else comes in um, and, and takes over this team. Hopefully somebody with an offensive mindset because clearly uh, in today's day and age, you've got to have uh, uh, an elite offense to win a championship. But, you know, the de- we gave everything to Zimmer to build his the defense of his dreams, and it never really got us anywhere. We're talking to Joe Johnson from VikingsTerritory.com. Uh, he's got a couple podcasts on his website as well. Last week he talked, talked to a former offensive lineman, Brian McKinney. You've had A.J. Mansour of KFN on as well. Uh, what's the plan for uh, the 3D podcast with you and Wabi this week? We have um, Mr. Mike Tice, uh, one of the nicest guys ever. Uh, anyone listening to the show, show is aware of he um we worked with him on his podcast odds and ends with mike tice he just had andy reed on a couple weeks ago which is amazing um he, he he'll be stopping in and then hopefully um matt Berg was supposed to be on this week but we had a scheduling conflict so he'll be on next week and then uh, i'm sure Burke doesn't listen to the show we're gonna have tice calling it surprise him as kind of like an offensive oh, line nice. from the odds which will it's like the show this is your life from the 70s kind of Nice. What are you talking about? Matt Burke is the biggest listener of the sports wrap up here in Detroit Lakes, man. <laughs> a little, little pot well, shot. I, no, I, I no. a lot of these guys tune me out specifically. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, well, we'll chat again next week. Hopefully uh, it's not too bad in Green Bay. Uh, you can find the podcast on vikingsterritory.com, the 3D podcast with Mike Wabshaw, also the Morning Joe's podcast as well. Joe, my friend, we'll chat again next Friday. We're looking forward to it. Can't wait. It's finger licking good. So we Dude. All right, wrap up the show today. Uh, we went a little bit over today. Thanks again to Joe Johnson from VikingsTerritory.com for joining us today. If you missed any of that interview, you can go back and listen to it in a matter of moments on demand at KDLMRadio.com or else you can find the Sports Wrap podcast where we get your favorite podcasts from. One thing on my calendar for tonight, so maybe one and a half things on my calendar for tonight, two football games going on at the same time. Didn't even mention go, mention go for football against Maryland tonight, uh, kicks off at 6.30. Coincidentally, at the same time, that uh, Laker football goes on the air. So we're going to have Lakers versus Perm tonight, 6.30 pregame show, 7 o'clock kickoff. Then we're going to join Gophers and Terps in progress after Laker football. Of course, Vikings football on Sunday, traveling to Lambeau Field to take on the Packers. 11 o'clock pregame show on Sunday, noon kickoff from the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. That's right for the Sports Wrap. Back on Monday on the station, you can count on 1340 KDLM, Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. Let's get to CBS News real quick, and then the classic hits begin on KDLM.